You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another show. It's great to be with you again today. If this is the very first time that you're listening in, then welcome. It's great that we're spending some time together. Make sure before you finish uh, listening to today's call that you don't go away without subscribing to our iTunes channel and of course leaving comments in our hearts because again today we've got a great guest who is joining us and she's going to share some great insights to help you reduce your stress and increase your productivity and profitability by working with a professional VA. Now let me ask you a question. Are you struggling to keep up with a hectic workload in your business? Maybe you're feeling stressed when Whenever you look at your ever-growing to-do list and wonder how on earth you're ever going to get through it all. Well, according to my guest today, you will be amazed at how much stress you'll leave behind once you work with a professional VA. And Kathy Guggenauer is joining me today. Now, she is a working virtual assistant and a trainer and coach of VAs. So she's uniquely positioned to advise entrepreneurs how to achieve their goals by working with a VA. And today on the show, Kathy's going to talk about the top seven tasks that you can turn over to a VA and never have to worry about them again. Five questions that you need to ask when you're interviewing a VA to find out if he or she is the best fit for you and the 15-minute secret to getting the most from your VA. So welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, look, it's an absolute pleasure because I know when I speak to many of my clients and uh, colleagues, when they think about everything that they need to do in their business, it can be really overwhelming. There's so much to do, isn't there? Yes, there is so very much to do. And Anne-Marie, do you use a virtual assistant? Yes, I do. I've been using working with one of my VA for years now. You know what? I've never met her, yet she only lives down the road from me. She's in the same suburb. I've never met her and she's been working with me for years. (laughs) And she plays a yeah, she plays a major, major role. Oh, that's wonderful. I've never met any of the clients I currently work with either, and I've been working with them for between two and five years. Wow. Incredible. So let's get started. Let's have a look at uh, some of these top tasks that we really need to be turning over to our VA. Okay, so I'm going to start with maintaining and updating your blog and website. And here's an interesting statistic. 65% of all businesses blog and almost half of all small business owners spend more than six hours a week blogging. So imagine how much more you could get done if you turned over even just that one task to your VA. Yeah. Wow. Six hours a week. And so does that include writing it as well and then fiddling it around and trying to upload it to the website? That includes everything? It does. And you might be surprised, Amory, that I actually write blog posts for many of my clients. Wow. So if you want, uh, yeah, and 
what I find is that some clients prefer to write the first draft and then have me perfect it. And some prefer that I write the first draft and then they do one edit and then I do all the other work. So think about how much time you spend not only writing it, but also uploading it to your site, finding a great photo, SEOing it, then marketing it via social media. And a VA can take over that and do it all for you. For example, I create a monthly blog post calendar for each client so that they know exactly what blog posts they already have ready to go, what others they might need to tweak, which ones I'm writing, and which ones we have guest bloggers writing. So I keep it all organized for them and they don't have to worry about it anymore. Wow, (laughs) that just sounds so incredibly efficient. And you know, blogging and writing articles, particularly for people who are using online strategies to really build their profile, it's important that we get consistent articles out there. And I know that when we tend to get busy and struggling with our to-do list, trying to sit down and type out an article, write an article can be very difficult when we're under pressure. And even the bare minimum, if you're somebody that really likes to do all of that kind of stuff yourself and perhaps you write it as you're putting it on your website, you're actually writing it because I do have a client who prefers that. I still can be that little pro nagger, you know, the person who's in the background going, you need to have a blog post up tomorrow. Did you put one up? Yes. I can't imagine. I mean, I write most of my articles, actually all of them. And to write it straight into the website to me is just, yeah. I mean, I sometimes like to handwrite it first. And which I I do say does take some time, but uh, I can see how so efficient that would be. And keeping having that accountability partner in the background going, you know, you need to have that article out tomorrow certainly uh, encourages you. So that's number one. What's the second task that we can hand over to our VA? It's managing your social media. And I have an even more awesome statistic for this one. 90% of small businesses use Facebook as a marketing tool and 70% use Twitter. And I know that's a staggering number. It surprised me. But it's what a survey done in 2012 by the marketing software company Vertical Response discovered. Wow. And I know businesses here in Australia, particularly uh, small businesses who very, you know, pushed for time, find that social media is really something that it sits on the back burner if they find that uh, they've got limited hours to spend on their business. Yet social media today is, is really, if you're not there, you're not online, you're not visible. And I think social media now plays such an important part in a business, growing their community, getting, you know, the no like, and trust with a perspective client. And hit and miss social media doesn't work at all. The consistency is what really makes the biggest difference with social media. And you know, as an entrepreneur, how difficult it is to take the time to do that social media. Oh, absolutely. And every time you post online, it's like you're having a conversation with a prospective client. And as you're talking about hit and miss, you are showcasing your brand message, your brand promise, everything to do with you and your business. And if you get it wrong, you could be tarnishing your brand. So I can see how this is such an important role. Tell just very briefly about, you know, social media. I know for some people who haven't yet dipped their toe into the social media pool, what are some of the tasks as far as the social media that you would manage for a client? 
everything starting with actually writing the social media status updates. And I call them status updates just in general instead of tweets and that because Mm -hmm. I can actually go in, again, back to their blog or anything on their website or if they've written a book, I actually pull content from all of those places so they don't have to tell me what to write about. I already know where to go get that information. I can write about it come up with the status updates, the tweets and the Facebook updates, put it all, write them again, come up with a social media calendar for a month, send that to them for their quick review. And it doesn't take them even 15 minutes to review it, say, yes, this is what I want. And then I can load it, depending on their preference, using Hootsuite, go ahead and set up the entire month in one fell swoop. Or if they prefer to do part on Hootsuite and part directly where it's posted directly, I can do whichever works best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you think about a typical client that you're managing that monthly social media plan for, typically how often would you recommend that a small business owner should be there active or even just posting, sharing something about their brand message to their community? How frequently would you say that for a strong strategy in social media? At least twice a day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What but, do you think? Because you're really strong on social media. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm probably one of those people that really do. I mean, even called myself previously, you know, a social media addict, which is really taking it to the next level, obviously. But in my business, and, you know, I'm happy to share, in my business, social media is one of the main ways that I'm connecting with people. I mean, you know, clients, um, JV, joint venture opportunities, referral partners, you know, friends and colleagues just to, you know, that to build relationship with have all been developed through social media and I would recommend definitely a minimum of twice a day in fact what I try to do particularly on Facebook is every either two hours or three hours and I've even heard of some people who have said you know an hour once an hour post something get that interaction because the more interaction you have the more likelihood particularly on Facebook you will have of people seeing your posts and interacting and that's really what you want so I can see how having you support them and writing them and scheduling them and just managing that to ensure that there's no missing posts and tweets that go out can certainly keep up that consistent message out there, which is you showing up and interacting and and communicating with your ideal client. Right. And when that piece of it is taken off their plate, then that frees them up to have fun, to go out and respond to comes up. Yes. So, for example, when something that I've scheduled goes out via Hootsuite, it goes into their inbox and says, hey, this is going out now. And all they have to do is go take a quick look at it and see what kind of responses are coming in and they can reply. They don't have to think about it otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They can think about other things. You send them an alert and then they can go and monitor and interact and communicate with people uh, live as it's happening. So that's fantastic. So that's the second. So first of all, we've got blog and website then we've got social media. What's the third task that we can hand over to our VA? Create and distribute newsletters. Mm -hmm. And that can also extend to like email blasts, autoresponders, things like that. Okay. Any way that you communicate via the email and primarily there's newsletters and then those other emails that go out. And what happens is that when you turn over maintenance of your blog to your VA, 
they can then, and this is actually the fourth one, repurpose content into newsletter articles, press releases, other articles for other magazines, and vice versa. Any press releases, any articles, they can convert into blog posts. Yes, yes. And let me just repeat that just in case. I think you might have dropped out there there in the recording. You mentioned the fourth was repurposing content. And how often as business owners are we recreating the wheel? We're writing new articles and then someone comes and says, hey, do you want to you know, contribute something to our magazine? And we go and write a whole new article, whereas you know, we've got gold nuggets that we've created already and as you say I mean you can repurpose those and again that is certainly going to reduce the the amount of time that we need to spend on content creation. It's so easy for the VA sitting out here who is not deep in your business and having to do the everyday stuff that you have to do to make money. It's so much easier for me sitting out here to see the see with clarity, oh, this one can be repurposed to this and this one to this and this one to this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for, for some small business owners, uh, a, a newsletter is something that they've had an idea that they want to do on their must-get-round-to-one-of-these-days list. But, you know, a newsletter, is um, a piece of content or it's a a tool that really helps you build a deeper relationship with someone on your list than if you were networking with with social media what I and and this is might be something that you recommend too is I mean you're networking and you're communicating and establishing a relationship on social media then really our goal is to get them from the social media onto our list so that we can deepen that relationship and so sending out a consistent regular uh, newsletter is certainly going to allow people to really get to know like and trust you and you can share a lot more in your newsletter about some of the programs and it's all there in the one space and people are really going to read it because you might post something on social media and if someone is not there at that particular time reading you know their feed and the content they're just going to miss that message I think a newsletter is is so important how regularly would you recommend a small business owner send out a newsletter once a month yeah what do you think? Look, I think once a month, definitely minimum. I know some people have said, well, we do it quarterly. But I think, you know, quarterly is definitely too long in between. And if someone is on the cusp of wanting to make a decision that, hey, you know, we want to work with someone, if you're sending them out infrequently or irregularly, unfortunately, I think, yeah, you might have missed that opportunity to really be top of mind. So I think definitely, you know, minimum of once a month. I tend to do them weekly, which has, yeah, and I've been doing that for so many years now it's kind of like got a template I just bung things in and then send that off to the VA and she does everything else that she needs to do and if I had to do that all myself oh I'd be doing nothing else but the newsletter I think (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right and you know when you do them like you said on a regular schedule and what I do is I establish with a client you know for example we're going to send it out the second Tuesday of every month and we stick to that schedule and I have the list of everything I need from my client in order to get that newsletter out and I just send them a reminder as needed again if you can't tell a lot of what I do is keep them organized and remind them what needs to be done when and then just facilitate putting it all together It really doesn't take that much time to do that sort of thing, but yet 
it can relieve you and, and entrepreneurs of a lot of stress. Oh, absolutely. And I think with everything that we need to do, and when we think of, you know, marketing our businesses, business development, proposals, speaking with prospective clients, working with clients, just everything, trying to remember everything in itself is a huge task. So having someone such as yourself, being that accountability partner, the reminder and keeping everything streamlined allows us then to ensure that things get you know, put out when we've scheduled them and, and they don't get forgotten. I mean, how many times do we rush around and think, oh, did I send that email out? I was supposed to do it. It's on my marketing calendar. And before you know it, yeah, days have gone and, and you remember, oh, I should have done that. So I can see that that certainly is a valuable step to uh, outsource to our VA. What's another top task? Well, the fifth one that I had down is, fi- you're going to love this one, find and coordinate guests for the entrepreneur to interview or on their own podcast like you have or on their radio show. Most of them have a podcast or a radio show. And if they don't, then they're doing a lot of guest appearances on podcasts and radio shows. And then I coordinate that for them instead. And as you know, from doing this, this is not a small task to, especially the coordination of the guests, because you have to make sure that everything is signed, sealed and delivered on all that information is there and ready to use when the time to interview them comes about. Yes. So I take over that entire to-do list and love doing it. That's probably my favorite thing. Oh, really? And I have to agree. It does take a lot of work, the chasing up, the emailing and so forth. And it's like, oh, that is a whole schedule on its own. But also speaking, and I think speaking opportunities and being interviewed and being part of tally summits and tally seminars and so forth is so important for us to get our message out there. And if you are, and I would hope that, you know, everyone listening to the show is building their reputation as a specialist. So you're getting frequent responses and requests to participate as a guest speaker and as an expert speaker. We'd want to be achieving that level to send all that information out, which is what it sounds as if you do on on our behalf, is going to really help us minimize all of that worry and, and sending things off for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's really been surprising to me in a really good way. Most of the guests then feel very comfortable emailing me directly or just picking up the phone and calling me if they're feeling at all tense or unsure about what's going to happen during that interview process. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's an you so, know, go in between. I mean, there's certain things where there's a quick question or maybe something was emailed and it ended up in a junk mail folder and they didn't realize. And if we're having to answer and respond to each of those individual questions, and if we run a weekly show, like I have a weekly show, if I'm you know having to do all of that, I'd never get anything done. So I could certainly see how that would be such a valuable task to give to a VA to manage for us. What's the next one? Can't wait to hear the next one. Well, and this is the one that is actually what most people think is basically the only thing that VAs do, which is provide administrative support. And that can include things like creating expense reports and spreadsheets, keeping track of sales. I keep track of book sales for clients. I specialize in authors. Mm -hmm. And so I keep track of book sales and I help 
do anything that they need that's that administrative support type stuff. But that's the actually number six, not number one in the, the things that I spend the majority of my time doing for them. Yes, yeah. And I mean, the things that you're just you're saying, and especially when you're thinking about working with a professional VA, they really are your our right-hand support managers. I mean, they take all of that worry, all of that, the, the streamlining, keeping things in place so that we know where we need to be at the right time, you know, sending out emails and so forth. So whether we're face-to-face or whether we're sending things out electronically, that it's all managed and taken care of so that we can, yeah, do other, you know, revenue generating tasks and have all of this handled. What's number seven? And it's one that you kind of alluded to already, which is research researching using internet and telephone to find either speaking opportunities or guest blog opportunities or write magazines in which to write articles, that type of thing. Yes. Oh, I love that. How often can we get stuck in the research mode and then the research mode, you you go down this huge tunnel of time wasting because you get off track. I mean, maybe I'm the Uh only one that this happens to, I don't know. You know, you start and you think, where did that hour go? Oh, I just happened to, you know, get stuck in a conversation, whereas I should have been doing something else. This really this particular task as all the other ones but this in particular is really so very important because it's a way that we can then connect and get in front of an, you know a greater audience a larger audience of our, our ideal clients to have someone like yourself create a list and I would imagine that you might have a template so, and you continue to just expand on that you know when there's a new website that might have started that targets your ideal client you want to know about it and if we're not regularly researching and just updating that list you know, there could be possible opportunities that we're leaving on the table. That's a very good point, Anne-Marie, because one of the things that I recommend is that I don't just do one-time research project, but that I do 30 minutes a month updating that list of good places to speak and guest blog and places like that. And 30 minutes a month, that's not really much that you have to pay for, but it really adds up over time with the number of opportunities that I can uh, client yeah you know this this particular you know task that this one really excites me because how often do we think oh I really would love to get some speaking opportunities and it's like where should I go you know what I mean but if we have an updated list or this is something that is being done by our VA and the VA goes you know what I've heard about a you know a virtual summit that's coming up in a couple of months we can make sure that we can connect with people beforehand so that we are part of the the guest lineup rather than waiting till it's occurred so I think this has to be such a crucial step in any you know ambitious entrepreneurs marketing and business development strategy because we want to continue building our you know our client list our client base so that's such a such an important task okay so those were the top seven tasks that we can turn over to our VA never have to worry about them again what are the five questions that we have to ask when we're interviewing a VA to find out if he or she is the best fit for our business Okay, and I'm going to mention something here too. And I don't know your area of the world. I only know the USA. I'm guessing that you're going to be about the same. 98% of all VAs are women. Okay. 
So I tend to just say she. Okay. All right. So we'll get that out there. For those men who are ambitious entrepreneurs and you're hearing that, when we say she, that's not, you know, excluding you. It's all-inclusive, men and women. All right. Yeah. um, I actually have one male virtual assistant that I coach. And that's it. That's all that's even ever approached me about it. So um, I really do think that 98% of all VAs are women holds pretty true. All right. Um, But I just, in case you wondered why I'm constantly saying she, that's why. All right. So here are the five questions. The first one is, do you work full-time as a virtual assistant or part-time? And you ideally want a VA who works full-time as a virtual assistant because she'll be available to meet your deadlines and quickly respond to your emails. Mm Mm-hmm. The second one is, how long have you been in business? If they're brand new to business, it's not that you don't want to hire them, but you want to be aware of this because anybody who's brand new, who's in a brand new business is going to struggle a little bit more than somebody that's been in business for a couple of years at the very minimum. I've been doing this for 12 years, so I've literally been around almost as long as virtual assistants have been in existence. Then the third question is, what do you specialize in? That is very important because, as I mentioned, I specialize in working with authors. That means I know a lot more about what an author needs, and I can give them much higher-level skills specifically to help them build those businesses, and I know the lingo. I know how to talk with them on their level. Let me give you another example. One of the things that a virtual assistant can do for a client is they can edit audio and video. Well, you have to be very knowledgeable, especially on the video part, and you have to have special software in order to do that and do it well. So if you want that kind of work done, you want to work with a VA who specializes in doing it. And the fourth question is, how many clients do you currently work with and how much time do you have available for a new client? One of the biggest problems I've run into is a VA who takes on way chance and does not have enough time for you. And you can get in a lot of trouble that way because then you never know when your project's actually going to get done. For example, at one point in my career, I had 70 clients, <gasps> seven zero. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of, this is on the list of five questions, but if somebody tells you that they have 70 clients, then your next question should be, do you have a team? And I did. I had a team at that time that I worked with. And if they have a team, then you want to know, are you my single point of contact or am I going to have contact with someone else or multiple people? And personally, I want contact with that VA I'm talking with. I don't want them pawning me off on somebody else or multiple people. So if you, there's benefits to working with a VA who has a team, but only if they're going to be your single point of contact and not, you know, shop you around. To, yeah, to I think teammates. that's so important because then if you're working on a project where there are a number of team members working, you want someone who's going to coordinate that and ensure that, yeah, the tasks are divvied out to the individual person who's handling that and that the deadline is met. And if you haven't got that single point of contact, things can slip through the cracks, unfortunately, can't they? 
Absolutely. And you, I'm sure you know this from working with your VA for so many years. You really develop a very close personal relationship with your virtual assistant. In fact, a lot of times they become more like a personal assistant in a lot of ways because they know your idiosyncrasies. They know, like I know if somebody wants commas, they want commas versus semicolons versus this versus that, what should be capitalized that's important to them. And not all of those things are strictly on a, you know, the grammar book basis. Mm -hmm. So just those kinds of things are very important. And how you communicate with each other. My clients can give me a really very shorthand email and I know what they want. Versus if it's a brand new client, somebody I haven't worked with regularly, I need much more detail. So it's important to talk with a VA and know how many clients they're working with and how much time they actually have to take you on. Yeah. And the fifth question is, what do you charge and what are your financial arrangements? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if people know this who are listening to this, but VAs really try a variety of prices and they have a wide variety of financial arrangements on when they invoice you and how frequently they invoice you and different things like that. So it's very important to talk about that. Yes. Are there standard expectations or things that do occur when we're talking about uh, what people can, you know, what people charge and their financial arrangement? And I know that is like a question, how long's a piece of string? Because if someone's really specializing in a very technically difficult area, we obviously need to, to invest. It's an investment, you know, in their expertise to support us. And it could be hours and hours right. that they're saving us. So I guess that's the difficult question to ask. But is there like a, a ball type from and to kind of a, a range that people can consider? Yeah, you know, Anne-Marie, it is somewhat difficult, but I really have some specific information that I can share with you if you're interested. And this is, again, USA-based information, but and so you can maybe translate the dollar figures. Sure. But just like you said, a virtual assistant is not the type of person that you want to price shop for. Mm. You, you should not be looking for the lowest possible per hour rate because what I have found time and time again, I mean, it holds true ways, is that if you find somebody who's going to charge half or less of what a typical well-trained professional VA charges, they're going to take that much more time to get the work done and charge you that much more. For example, a couple of potential clients that I talked with, they had a VA who was very much undercharging them on a per hour rate, but was taking three times the amount of time to get a task done than I would take. Mm -hmm. So they literally were not saving them any money. Yes. So, for example, in the U.S., the average hourly rate for a VA, a professional VA, is $45 per hour. If you find a VA who charges a lot less, for example, $25 per hour or below, that's a VA who is not going to be in business very long because she cannot make a living at those rates. Mm -hmm. And charging that little is a signal that she may be new to the industry or she doesn't have the skills, training, or experience needed. So, for example, someone who's been working in an office environment and is really good at everything that's needed to do in the office environment is not ready automatically to work virtually because the online world is very different. Yeah, yeah, I can absolutely so, agree. Yeah, yeah. And to give you another idea, so I've talked about the hourly rate, but the majority of my VA clients, the kind of work that I just talked about, not the video editing because that is a higher level skill. But the kind of work that I just discussed, I do charge 45 an hour and my clients use my services between 10 and 20 hours per month. 
That's all they need me to get all that work done. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And anybody who hasn't used a VA is always shocked at that. They come in thinking they're going to need 10 to 20 hours per week. So when they think on that level and then they think $45 an hour, they're like, oh, no, I couldn't afford that. But when I explain to them that a virtual assistant, you pay for nothing other than the productive time when they're actually working. You don't pay when they get up and go to the bathroom or eat lunch or have a coffee break with friends. You don't pay for any of that. You only pay for that actual productive time. And you get a lot of work done in 10 hours a month oh, when absolutely. it's actual productive time. Yeah. When you're working with a professional, someone who is an expert in their field, that's what you're paying them for. That's what you're investing in them for. And they will often take so much less time than if we're doing it ourselves or, as you said, someone who is inexperienced or has just started their business. And, look, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, when we're wanting to take our businesses to the next level and really work and find a professional VA who's going to support us and building our business because when we've got professionals supporting us that's when we can really you know take what we're doing to the next element we don't have to worry we don't have to check up on what they're doing because that can often be uh, a sign that your VA or the person that you're working with perhaps is not as yeah experienced as what you would hope if you've got to redo what they're doing and and check their work and we certainly don't want that so and Anne-Marie you brought up a good topic which was what about those brand new ones how do you work with them well if you don't mind working with them while they learn you can get a discount like I recommend VAs who have graduated from my program charge 35 an hour for the first six months that Mm -hmm. they're working with any new clients yes they also don't charge them extra amount of time so if they're still learning they reduce the amount of time that it actually took them to do the work to what it should be taking someone who knows how to do it so you can save a little bit of money and get a brand new VA that's going to stay with you long term if you don't mind that little bit of extra time that it's going to take them to get up to speed. Yeah, yeah. Great, great uh, tip there. So what's the 15-minute secret to getting the most from our VA? Well, once you've found and hired a VA, set up regular planning calls. And those planning calls only need to take 15 minutes. So for example, for all my clients, I keep a list of anything that we need to talk about on a weekly basis. I put it in a planning agenda. I email them the planning agenda the day before we have our prearranged planning call. And for example, many of my clients want Monday morning as their weekly planning call. I send them the planning agenda. We get on the phone. We go through that planning agenda. And a lot of it is reminders for them or questions I need answers to that are easier to get answered that way than uh, via email. 15 minutes later, I know what my for the week, my tasks are for the week, my client it feels very comfortable that I'm going to get everything done they need done and they know what reminders I had to give them for the week and we all go about and get a lot more accomplished in that week just by having that 15 minute phone call. Yeah, I can imagine how valuable that would be if we were working with an in-house team. I mean, how many people in in business do regularly have these meetings to map that out so everyone's on the same page, any gaps or anything that's missing can be identified and uh, questions can be answered. So I can certainly see how that would be a valuable meeting. What about someone who may be using some of your services, but not as you know frequently as uh, required? Would you still recommend you do maybe a weekly or maybe a fortnightly or something, just a little less frequent to ensure that uh, whatever a task it is that you're supporting them with continues to be done in the best way possible? 
Yeah, and you're absolutely right. If I work about 10 hours for a client, then I want a weekly call if at all possible or a bi-weekly call. If I've been working with someone for a really long time, like I have one client I've been working with for four years, we only need a bi-weekly call because I really know everything that needs to be done and she doesn't have any tweaks for me at this point. Okay. We can practically read each other's mind. <laughs> you take <laughs> the virtual meeting to a whole different level. It's telepathic meeting. <laughs> That's how it feels sometimes. And then if it's somebody that you're only doing like maybe five hours worth of work for in a month, then then yeah, once a month could even be good. I have one client who I am doing that level of work for and we only meet once a month. Yes. Yeah. Now tell me, I know virtual assistants can work with people virtually. Do you also work with people outside of the US? I personally don't have any clients outside the U.S. Could you? Would um, you if, if they approached you? Because this show obviously is going to to go across the the globe. And if people are interested, you know, uh, learning more about your services, would th- this be something you would uh, consider? Sure. I'll tell you what I'd like to offer because actually I'm full. My business, my practice is full, and I can't personally take on any more clients. But my offer is that I will do a free matchmaking service for anyone anywhere in the world. And if you check out how to find a VA and some of the matchmaking services out there, they charge and $300 for this service. So what I'm offering is no charge. I'll schedule a time to talk with you and find out your needs and your goals. And then I'll recommend a VA to you who can meet those needs. Mm-hmm. So how does that sound? That sounds great. Because um, I think one of the services that you've provided and that you've uh, spoken about today on the, the show, and we certainly mentioned that in your bio, is that you support and train new VAs in business. So I'm sure that you have got an incredibly rich database of VAs you've worked with and uh, who certainly provide all of the services that we've just spoken about today. Yes? Yes, I do. And because I've personally trained and coached them, I know their strengths and weaknesses and their personalities. And personality is an important piece of whether or not a VA is going to match, be a good match for you. And so I I'm really good at matching them up. Yes. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So, Kathy, you have just, you know, spent just time, you know, sharing golden nuggets because you what you said uh, earlier was so correct. When we hear the word VA, we naturally assume that it is someone who supports us in the admin tasks. And that, as you said before, was number six, you know, the number six task. There are so many other tasks that our VAs can support us with. And these are very important business building, marketing, visibility building and credibility building tasks that we all need to be doing in our business if we want to take that to the next level. So just uh, incredible. Thank you. How can people get in contact with you if they'd like to know more about the matchmaking service that you just spoke about? They can go to vamatchmaker.com or they can email me at Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at expert vatraining.com and I believe you'll have both of those links on your website Yes, absolutely. So those of you who are listening to today's show via the website, all you need to do is click or or scroll down to the further resources and uh, the contact details and you can certainly connect with Kathy. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? 
I invite you to reach out and learn more about and customise sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. 